Are you ready to go down the rabbit hole? The All Things Alice podcast will explore the cultural phenomena of Alice in Wonderland. Frank Bedore, the author of the Looking Glass Wars trilogy, is your host through a wonderverse of interviews from all types of creators as they chronicle the dark yet empowering reality of Lewis Carroll's fantasies and answer the question, what is it about Alice that captivates us still today? The All Things Alice podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to the Replayer Podcast, a weekly video game podcast where we talk about the latest uploads on the Retro Replay YouTube channel. And this week, we also are getting to know all of our Retro Replayers, um, I guess, in the community. I'm Pagan, and I'll be your host for this week. And joining me, of course, is my co-host, Dan. That's me. Hi. <laughs> oh, hi. And, of course, our residential guest, Mr. Greg Bergner. Hello, everyone. Oh, hi, Greg. And joining us today for the first time is a super special guest that we have mentioned many times before, and he is the one and only love of my life and future husband, Adam McGuire. Hey, hey, hey. (gasps) Thanks for having me. Oh, hi. (laughs) He's real. I exist. He's real. He does exist. I can't assure you. He does exist. He does. Um, this right, is like meeting so... Jesus for the first time after you go to heaven. <laughs> it's comparable to meeting Jesus. <laughs> Yo, hey, this. this is what he looks like. It's not a damn. It's like a damn. All right. Uh, well, I guess how are you, Adam? Um, I know all about you, obviously, but um, mm. for people listening out there, they don't know you. So, I'll tell do you the rest of us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your replayer journey. My replayer journey. Or your uh, gaming journey, like yeah. whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose I do the replay stuff uh, vicariously through you. That's true. It is yeah. because of me. Yeah. You're welcome yeah. to run Nolan and Troy. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Adding more I to the army. Mm-hmm. Trying to think of the first time I would have seen Troy and Nolan, or at least they came into my life. Mm. Um. I think the first game I saw Nolan in would have been Assassin's Creed, but I didn't know it was him. Same. I think, okay. it's, like, I think it's the same with Troy. Uh, Troy's saying the same. It's like when you realize that that's Nolan, it's like, what? Um, mm. It would have been, obviously, it's Uncharted when, when you kind of put a face to the voice. It's kind of like this, actually. It's a bit weird seeing your seeing yous. Because you know, I've, I've, I've been listening to the podcast, and you always kind of when you listen to podcasts, you're always like imagining what's the face to that voice. Oh, I I love that idea too because I have that same thing happen to me when I'm listening to a podcast, and I get this image in my mind of what that person looks like based on their voice, mm-hmm. and then to actually see them, you're like, oh, that's not at all what I pictured. No, it's I almost disturbing. <laughs> it's disturbing. <laughs> And I mean, like, does it live up to your expectations, Adam? Does Danny uh, yeah, 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 exactly yeah. thought they would? I mean, Greg's just an image at the moment, but yeah. That's all that's you all, need from Greg. Yeah, that's, that's what I was going to say. That's all, that's all I need to be right now. Greg, you have the that's wrong it. picture up, too. 
I have the tracking. wrong picture up. Oh, yeah. I see. I see what you're, I got. I got you. Oh uh, well, maybe next time I'll put the right picture up. Greg, I love that picture of you. Next time. Don't let them put you down, man. <laughs> it's all right. I, I can take in some constructive criticism. It's fine. Yeah. So the first time you uh, knew of Nolan in an episode or, or in a video game was Assassin's Creed. Yeah, I didn't, know then... was, I didn't know it was him uh, it, until you go back and you realize that it's him. You know, like after, after seeing him in Uncharted okay. and then you play Assassin's Creed 2. Then the penny clicks, the drops, and you're like, oh, oh, that's him. Um, but I think what helps with that is the behind the scenes, mm. you know, the, the the making of the game. You actually see them perform. You never, I, I never really, apart from like David Hayter or Saw Snake, I never really put that much, yes. like, you know, taught into who is actually the person behind his voice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and it's the same with uh, Troy. I think the first game I can remember or recall playing with Troy in it was probably Bioshock Infinite. Mm-hmm. Um, but the same, is like you, you don't realize it's him until you play The Last of Us, and then you see the making of, and you see him doing the motion capture. So I think those behind the scenes really do a lot for those voice actors. I think something yeah. funny on that idea is there's been plenty of times through my video game like history where I've played a game that has Troy in it, and I'm just like, hey, it's that same voice that I've heard in like every other video game in my entire life before I knew who yeah. Troy was. Yeah, like it's a bit weird now after like, you know, you see them in, in retro replay and they're doing all the different voices and stuff. Um now you become like your ears are almost tuned to their, to, to all the different characters they can do. Mm-hmm. So I was well, playing like... through Arkham City recently. And I'm like I I'd be shouting to Pagan, I was like, Pagan, I just took out Nolan. You know, or, or it's like I'm I'm about to take down Troy. It's like they're just like tug one and tug two. I didn't know. That's interesting. Like I didn't know Nolan and Troy did NPCs for City for Arkham City. That's really interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing that when I when I play it eventually. Probably live on Twitch somewhere someday. One of these days. Um, I don't think I've ever shared this story before, but I think one of the f- finest. Uh, performances that I'd seen of Nolan and you introduced it to me, Adam, was uh, a game on the PlayStation 3 is a special Spec Ops? Spec, Spec Ops. Ops. Yeah. Spec Ops. Yeah. Like, god damn, that game was amazing. Um, yeah, that like you introduced that to me too, so like, yeah. I'm, I'm reintroducing you to Retro Replay, but realistically, you introduced me to Trollin. Yeah, I mean, Nolan. Like, you, I suppose didn't play games for uh since like what ps2 maybe yeah i had for stopped a long time ps2 yeah. era yeah yeah and then uh i showed you drake's fortune you did and, and you then went down you and bought a ps3 yeah i got a ps3 just for for drake's fortune and then i played all three of them and then you got me a playstation 4 and here we are mm-hmm. And here we are, folks. Here we Welcome are. to Pagan and Adam's memory lane. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always weird because it's like, oh, uh, it's strange. Cause... Let me well, take you back to of, 2006. A big part of Adam's replayer story is you, Pagan. Well, to be Even fair, though... I mean, like, Adam introduced me to Nolan and Troy in terms of acting in games because he introduced me to Uncharted and then he introduced right. me to The Last of Us. Um, but. 
I reintroduced him into Retro Replay because I found Correct. it uh, first or around this, uh, you know, kind of, I was starting to watch it more and more. And then he was like intertwining it. So um, yin and yang there. So, he start, so he's watching it there. Yeah. Uh, so he watches it with me sometimes and it's great. Yeah. So I watched the, uh, I, uh, we did see the first episode. Mm-hmm. The Spider-Man one. Spider-Man episode. Yeah. Together. Yeah. But I, I remember it just being kind of an on off for me. And Talk about that same excitement. Shooting. Adam, you were a perfect volume right when you were saying, talking about watching oh. Spider-Man. So, oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I watched the first episode of Retro Replay, and then I was kind of in and out until, like, I, I just kind of tune in when it was a game I was interested in, mm-hmm. you know? And then it wasn't until, I suppose, when we saw them in MCM, myself and Pagan, yep. um, we kind of got back into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've kind of been watching it religiously then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say religiously. Don't make us out to be weird. But Creepy. like we've been watching it every upload, and we do. I mean, to be fair, we're talking about we put our shrine down. We have we have our little shrine. We have our little mat. We kneel down. <laughs> and we, we we had a little shrine, and someone fucking nicked it on I us. Nicked it off us. Mm. Fucking nicked it on us. So I we had a no. shrine, and they all thought that we were a bit too creepy, so they nicked it. On that note, too, are you guys getting your presents yet? Uh, we haven't had any deliveries yet. Um, oh, PJ has been very nice, and he sent me on the USPS uh, tracking number. So I'm still kind of um, just tracking the parcel. It's coming from America at a very difficult time of the year. So I presume I'm going to be here hopefully in the next week or so. Um, it hasn't been scanned for over a week, so I'm I'm presuming it's in transit somewhere. Um, but yeah, if I haven't heard anything like by the end of next week, I might try and contact USPS and, and see what's going on there. But super nice of them to do. And I'm sure we'd be happy to share it with everybody when we do get them. Um, oh, oh, heck yeah. Oh, heck yeah. Greg. Oh, yeah. Greg's here. Hey. Oh, Greg. Hi, Greg. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> what the heck's oh, up, yeah, buddy? Greg's here. I've just been listening. You guys, it's it's enjoying the stories. Um, I was going to add in, too, about what you were talking about. Um, I don't know if it if it happened to you all, but it sounds like it kind of went along those lines. Uh, and I've, I'm sure I've, I've talked about this slightly before. Um, I actually, when we were talking about playing games and hearing voices that we're occasionally getting used to hearing, mine obviously first was Nolan's before Troy's, um, probably around the Assassin's Creed era as well. I just started hearing Nolan's voice in a lot of games I was playing. And then that's when I started knowing about Nolan specifically. And then I think I mentioned too, same with Troy. Like I started hearing Troy's voice more than Nolan's at one point for like the last maybe few years of stuff that I was playing. Mm-hmm. And it's just weird. Like once you hear these voices over and over again, you just start to get curious about wondering who these people are. Um, and I still, there's still voice actors that I keep hearing and stuff now that I've heard in the past or in stuff that I haven't looked them up because I haven't bothered, but I'm getting to that point where I'm starting to get curious about a lot more voice actors out there of like, mm-hmm. all, they, mm. these people play so many things. I don't even know how they have time to do all of this. Cause if you look a lot of their IMDBs, they've got like a ton of credentials of stuff they've done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I will I'll, I'll, I'm just gonna hop onto your point there about like recognizing and Anne Adams point earlier about recognizing uh, say Troy and Nolan in video games and it's the same with like you can start to recognize other people like Laura Bailey definitely um, Claudia Black has a very distinctive voice so you can recognize her um, but I will say like 
um, Joel, the character of Joel in The Last of Us. I had no idea that was Troy. And mm-hmm. I still don't ever hear Troy when he does Joel. Like, I only hear Joel. It's so stupid to say, because it's, it is Troy doing it, but I just don't hear it at all. Like, other characters, obviously, like, Telltale Batman or whatever, that's just Troy. Um, and maybe Thug 1 or Thug 2 are identifiable as the characters that they can play, but um, I, I just never, ever hear Troy Baker when I'm watching The Last of Us or playing The Last of Us, um, which is great. And it's the same with um, when, when Nolan does David in that game, too. He's unreal. And I I can never be like, oh, that's definitely Nolan North. Someone had to tell me that to be like, oh, shit, that's, that's Nolan North. Even with certain accents out there, I can, I'm can i starting to know like who the person is. Like, uh, they mentioned it, I think, in the maybe Uncharted playthrough. Um, I, f- I don't know how to say his last name. Fred Tatskewer or Tatskewer. I don't know how to – because he always plays like a Russian guy. Or something oh, like that. Okay. Yeah, he every time I don't know if he's, he's just if that's one of his NPC. specialties. Yeah, is NPC. But every time I hear that Russian voice, and I check the credentials, he's always there. So it's 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 just weird how after hearing people so much and then starting to like hear them, like you said with Troy's Joel, you had no idea. Mm-hmm. You start to like get yourself trained to like listen to their accents that they don't use instead of their normal voice, their accents. Yeah. And then you start to pick up them as well. So there's that's included as well as I'm starting to hear people doing certain accents that they're not used to doing or that they've done. And I'm starting to be like, Oh, that's, that's them now. It's mm-hmm. just weird how that works with the voices. Yeah. Like training your brain to know who's who. Mm-hmm. I do also think like we're being spoiled now because we're getting continuous episodes of Retro Replay and they're continually doing accents, characters, impressions, uh, everything. So we're, we can definitely identify them now. Um, if I keep looking at my phones because I'm timing it, <laughs> it's not because I'm twittering or tweeting or whatever fuck. Um, speaking of Retro Replay, uh, we should probably move on because we have three episodes to discuss this week. Um, since they started adding The Last of Us in, we're getting more and more content, so we just need to kick into high gear. Um, we have three ex- episodes to discuss this week. The Uncharted 2 Definitive Playthrough with Taylor Kurosaki. Uh, the Definitive Playthrough of The Last of Us featuring the legendary Anne Wershing. And, of course, Retro Replay episode where they played Star Wars Jedi Parabells. So, so, before you get your knickers in a twist... Let's move on and fill you in with the what? Quick reminder for those who don't know, Retro Replay is a YouTube channel hosted by the incredibly talented Nolan North and Troy Baker and produced by Red Bear Films and Drew and PJ are part of Red Bear Films, which you'll probably hear us reference. Um, the guys sit down with some retro replay games, or sorry, retro games and not so retro games of yesteryear, and our podcast is dedicated to their recent uploads, events, and many, many tangents. So, let's start off with the episode of Uncharted 2, the definitive playthrough, featuring this week's guest, Taylor Kurosaki. And for those who haven't watched it yet, um, in this episode, we saw Nolan, uh, uh, Nolan play as Nathan Drake, and he was battling some em- enemies during that infamous train sequence. Um, and joining them this week was Taylor Kurosaki, and who is an editor and a writer best known in the games industry for his work on Call of Duty, Infinite Warfare, and Modern Warfare, and was also working on uh, working with Naughty Dog uh, when they were making Uncharted games, which I didn't really know about. So that's pretty cool. Uh, let's shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Shoot it. Mouthful. Aye. 
I had a fucking stroke mid-sentence there. Um, let's shoot it over to Adam and uh, see what did you think about this week's episode? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I've never. I suppose when it comes to the Naughty Dog games, you have the 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 two. What I would say the main faces at the time, which was uh, Neil, Neil and uh, oh, what's his name, Bruce Straley. Neil Druckmann and Bush, Neil, Bruce Dr- Neil, yes. Neil Druckmann. So it was really cool to see, I suppose, another person who was involved. I've never actually heard of him, and I never knew about his work. And mm-hmm. it was really, really cool to hear about the collaboration at the time between the different like industry or the different businesses. Like seeing the, uh, them working with Infinity Ward, like trading uh, ideas or or tech, how to do certain things with the with the technology because. PS3 was, you know, infamously horrible to make games for, mm-hmm. and uh, I think we knew that Uncharted cell 2 processor. was the game. Yeah. Oh, but, oh, oh, really? Do you not? Do you know of that? The cell processor. No. Yeah, the cell processor. Yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it, it made knows. things really, really difficult, and uh, it was pretty obvious, um, especially from this conversation, that it was Uncharted 2 that really showed everyone how you make games for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, because since Uncharted 2, and I think that's why Uncharted 2 gets so much praise, um, you know, apart from it just being an amazing game, but it was such a huge leap from Drake's Fortune in terms of the physics, the graphics, and just the capabilities in terms of gameplay as well. Um, every game after Among Thieves was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, PS3 just you know skyrocketed in sales then after that. Um, so it was really cool to hear that it was them helping other companies make games on this platform. And it wasn't because I always get this impression that they're all competing, and, mm-hmm. and you know they're they're like looking to put the other guy out of business, kind of. But no, they're all gamers and they all love each other's games. And it's it's really cool to hear that type of collaboration because we really just see the business heads. We don't see these fans that are working on these games. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So it was cool to hear that. Yeah, excellent points. Like I thought that it was really interesting to have somebody from uh, a non-performance aspect of the industry. Because I think up until now, we've had performers, right? We've had either actors or... Well, we had Amy Henning. Oh, that's true. And we I, was having... gonna, I was going to hit on that too, about how um, like Taylor, we had Amy Henning mm-hmm. on there. And in, it's interesting to see the creative minds that worked on these games, to, like Taylor, Amy Henning, uh, Neil Druckmann, they were all working together on these games. And now since then, they've branched off and done their own thing. And we have all these other great, amazing games from these people that all conglomerated on an early project from, you know, 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. It's just, yeah, I, I would agree. Like, I mean, I don't know much about... Uh the technical side of the, the the games industry, like I'm definitely more into performance, but I think as a performer, that's just where my interests lie. Uh, whereas obviously I think there's like, that's not to say that I'm not like blown away by like graphics or the amazing detailed work that goes into every single bit of the game. Um, and how, how really great it is to be like in a setting where they'll do the full thing. And then there's like 40 different cameras and people animating it. And it's great. Um, but I just never had really looked into that before. So it was really nice to see people like Amy Hennig. Sorry, I did I did forget. My bad. Um, yeah. There you. <laughs> uh, sorry, Greg. I'll show myself out. Okay. 
Okay. Um, <laughs> but also really great to, to hear Taylor uh, Taylor Kurosaki's uh, version of events for Uncharted 2. I mean, what was your... I mean, we've had this discussion before where Uncharted 2 is not your favorite game of the series, but ultimately, as Adam said, it was kind of like the trendsetter for the rest of the games. It was the benchmark for everybody else to follow. Um, what did you guys think of the episode? Dan, Greg? Dan, Greg. <laughs> oh, okay. I guess I'll go first. No, it was okay. good. Um, I actually, I tell you what to do. I, I thought it was uh, interesting though, the because I didn't, I didn't think about it. How uh, we were talking about the process, processor, and everything that went into making the game. How that train sequence. The more you progress, everything is on a loop on certain sections, but you can't tell because there's so much stuff happening and because of how well the environments are, it's easy to not notice you're on a loop until you progress and then the scenery changes and it keeps going. Um, Cause yeah, like, like we talked about that, that, that train sequence is definitely put a lot. That's, that really helped with that, with that game. Um, I, and, and I know like, like Pagan said, it's not, it's, it's my least favorite in the series and I've explained why, but I am going to, obviously, I'm going to give credit where it's due. That game, graphic-wise, story-wise, like, everything that was put into that game really showed the PS3 capabilities, and it and it is a, and it is a, a, a wonderful game. Um, so, yeah, I just, just overall, all of that that they played and seeing how, you know, how tough that, that sequence can be, especially for Nolan, because he was getting super frustrated with mm-hmm. that part, trying to get through it. Uh, yeah. It just shows the passion, you know, and that's, and Naughty Dog doesn't want to just throw you a bone and be like, okay, you you can just go through this without, they want to give you a challenge. And that's mm-hmm. makes what makes you appreciate the game even more is that they're challenging you. Even if you're on the easiest difficulty that they, they want to still give you some sort of challenge or obstacles as you progress. Agree. Dan, do you have anything to add? Well, to go in with the, uh, what you, everybody else has been saying already about how Uncharted kind of like set a new bar for what you could do with the PlayStation 3. Um, you were totally right that like back then they were doing new things. They were learning how to make games for the cell processor. In the early days of the PlayStation 3, people struggled to really utilize the power that that system had for whatever, I don't know, that's beyond me as far as the coding and engineering side of all that mm-hmm. goes. But then... Mm-hmm. You know, like Adam and Greg both said about like opening the doors, and then you know the year after Uncharted Two got came out, we got God of War Three, which was another visual masterpiece and opened up the possibilities of what we haven't seen in -hmm. a video game, especially from a series that's as established as God of War, where we thought we knew God of War, and then God of War Three came out, and it was like, holy hell, this game looks phenomenal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what Uncharted do technically and with the world building, God of War did with visuals and uh, just set pieces. Mm-hmm. Where Uncharted had set pieces too, but they were in a different sense from God of War. And that was definitely like a turning point, for, I would say, for the PlayStation 3. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's really I... interesting to get... Um, the that type of guest on like we, there was just the act uh, voice actors mostly or, or actors because i think that um even when it comes to even uh art directors and artists that work on games 
that's what you hear about more. And you never really hear about the developers, the the programmers, because it's not um, it's not easy to to talk about that and sell that. You know, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they start talking about the, the the technical feats of how they actually got that train sequence to work and how what or why they have it goes underneath a, a, a tunnel in order to load up the next part of the game, like it, it's just it's a hard sell. But the amount of work that goes into that is just it's astonishing. Really, oh, it's and and they're they you know they 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 never re- like they spend really late nights working on these things. Oftentimes, they never really actually get to see their family. Um, so it's great to actually see, you know, I, I'd love to see more developers come in and actually just talk about their work. I know it's, you know, it's not a, an easy language to talk about, um, to try and explain these processes. Um, and it's great that we are hearing about the voice actors and the artists and stuff like that, but it, it would be nice to give these guys the spotlight, I think, because they just they just do so much work, and I don't know if they get much back out of it. I appreciate yeah. that, Adam, and I can appreciate that as well, just between you saying it and the notion, because you're totally right that, like, the people who work on these games are severely underappreciated, and we were mm-hmm. talking about this last week on the show. We were talking about, yeah, was it last week or the week before, we were talking about the delay of The Last of Us 2. Last week. It right. was last week's show. Mm-hmm. So we were emphasizing the importance of that to us, not that... We're upset that The Last of Us 2 is getting pushed back by a few months, but I pref- I'm happy to know they're going to take their time, they're going to put a little extra polish on the game, and ideally, those people doing all that work are also resting and gaining the time they deserve to chill a little bit and just be like, okay, mm-hmm. we're not going to lose our lives making this video game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And another thing, too, is we were talking about the the underappreciation uh if you guys recall i don't know if you do a few years ago um i think at the game awards nolan north won an award i think for uncharted 4 and his whole speech was dedicated to the creators of games and how undervalued they are because all we talk about you know usually is the 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 voice actors or whatever but we don't talk about stuff that taylor did or stuff that amy did so it does get very overlooked so it's nice to have the notion that to definitely, they are pivotal, as Adam said. They're they're pivotal to be brought onto the pod, onto the um the show because mm-hmm. I would like to learn more about the game, and I have nothing against voice actor guests or anyone else who's an actor, or whatever. But it's to appreciate a game, especially Uncharted Two. I think it's very important to notion those people that work specifically on the game, and like. Adam also said sac- the fa- what they sacrifice, not being able to see their families as much late night work, all the blood, sweat, and tears, so to say, to those games. I definitely, I it adds more respect to to that specific game. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So I think uh, I think we're all kind of agreeing about um, about these kinds of guests, about technicians, about editors, about writers uh, coming on. Because I I would love to see more writers come on actually um, for for stories for for mm-hmm. video game stories, because that's what drives me as a gamer. I want to follow a story, and it's all written down somewhere. Performance is amazing, but it's what you have to work with that defines the story. And it's I would love to hear more from um, from writers and from people in the back uh, or behind the scenes. Um, that we don't really get to talk about. So I think it's a really good point that um, Adam has brought up and that was kind of concurred with um, with yourself and, and, and Dan. 
Alrighty. I mean, does anybody have anything else you'd like to say about um, Uncharted? Would you like to discuss anything about how you played that scene the first time? Or would you like us to move on to The Last of Us? I can throw that out openly if anybody wants to come in. How we played the train sequence? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, when I played the, like, I think the train sequence in the beginning, right? It's such a fantastic opening. And then as soon as you get on the train here in Uncharted 2, you know where this is going. You're going to start back where you started. You're like, oh, this is the train from the beginning of the game. Yeah, so I felt like as soon as I hit the train, I was like, oh, shit, this is dope like i am so excited to see where this and again this is all about writing and story Uh, yeah we're just going in me going in a circle or no no no, i'm saying the story the game (laughs) and you're like oh shit yeah the game's come full circle so good absolutely so good and i i was so excited to see how that ended how i got shot how we got on the fucking train that was hanging upside down over a cliff um so this build up so that whole time when you're like killing people and there's people with cannons and there's people on the bloody logs with the crazy cannon gun as well you're like trying to <laughs> dodge everything gun. including signs and fucking helicopters like all of that did you find that built. section of the game difficult heck yeah i suck at video games dan noob. like <laughs> i'm such a noob i play everything on easy or story mode i'm gonna come out full disclosure Explorer mode, easy, whatever the hell you got, baby mode, I'll play it. Um, I just want to play the the story, and I want to be captured by the story. So I did find that piece hard. Um, and I find the timings or the beats hard uh, for, like, dodging the signs or dodging this, dodging All that. All you have to do is hang off the down. ledge of the train. All you have to yeah. do. I, yeah, I get it. But also, <laughs> I suck. So, so I did find it difficult, but ultimately so rewarding because that that scene culminating at the end where like flynn and chloe come in blew my mind i do need to replay that scene again it's been a while since i've actually played through uncharted 2 i have the nathan drake collection i've played Mm -hmm. through uncharted 1 i haven't started 2 yet i've been replaying the last of us again now but i do want to go into the, the episode it was a little frustrating watching it live because there was a lot of people in the live chat complaining about Taylor and Troy talking about game development and what went into making it. And they're like, just shut up and let Troy or let play no yeah, Nolan play. So Really? I didn't see that in the did, live chat. You didn't chat. see that? There was a lot of no. people complaining about it. Which I, I thought see, yeah, was I like That's what we're here for. We're here for the, the the experience of them talking about the game. This isn't a let's play, and Troy and Nolan have been very explicit about that. It's not a yes. let's play. It is not a let's play. And that's why they brought in guests. They started mm-hmm. bringing in guests as it became more of a... It started to become more of a let's play because Nolan got better, and it mm-hmm. required less of Troy kind of like hand-holding him through the levels. Yeah. So that's where we started getting guests in the show. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about this plenty of times. Sometimes the guests are yeah, the guests aren't great. Um, some guests serve more purpose than others. We mentioned how if there are going to be guests, we would prefer them to have some relation to what's happening. And a developer, to me, is the next best thing if it's not one of the actors who portrayed the characters that we're seeing in the game. <clears throat> mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good point, Adam. Did you have something to add? Uh, yeah, it was just. Uh, uh, do, do you reckon 
the people who do chime in on the, the live chats because obviously like the live chats seem to be uh, much more there's a lot of more engagement in the definitive playthroughs than there is in the retro replay episodes 100 yeah, percent, yeah. yes so <clears throat> especially now the last of us yes yeah so they're probably not regular viewers they're just oh i'm sure I they're would, not um yeah i would say that like the majority of every single chat is the for the the founding 500 so anybody with green little names they're all finding 500 so that's always great to see because you know and recognize people but you definitely get more uh you get, you get kind of random people in. You get trolls in. We had a troll in last week or this week. I don't know which game it was. I think it was either The Last of Us or Uncharted. And someone came in and they were just like spamming like PlayStation sucks, PlayStation sucks. And like people are just like, you are on the wrong channel. Like fuck off and go spread your hate somewhere else. We're here for Xbox and Nintendo and fucking PlayStation and whatever right. the hell console you got. We are here for it. Fuck off with your negativity. So you do get a lot of randomers in the chat. But I would say... I don't think like those opinions, those kind of opinions are always shared by random people. Sometimes they are shared by the Founding 500. And you yeah. will see uh, Founding 500 members like would type something like, uh, you know, who is the guest or why are they on or something like that. And you'd be like, well, you know, it's just, you know, it is related to the industry they're in and blah, blah, blah. Um, like Allison last week. Seem to get a heap of shit in the live chat from randomers. I don't know about Finding 500, but they got randomers stuff. And like, who is this? And why is she here? She was a phenomenal guest. She was a fucking amazing guest. She had no involvement with the game. But she was a great guest. Absolutely none. Yeah. And this is the thing. Like, this is what I like about those guests is that uh, Alice in particular had either recently played this game or was just really good at remembering. She just knew exactly the beats of the game, where they were, everything about the games. Um, and that's why she made an, an, a really engaging guest. And it was the same this week with Taylor Kurosaki because he's an engaging guest because he's worked on this game. And not only like he didn't perform in this game, he was in the background uh, editing, doing like, I presume producing, like running around doing stuff behind the scenes that we didn't know about, which is really fascinating. And as Dan said, they are not a let's play. They're here for the hang. And if yeah. nothing else, if Drew listens to this episode, here's validation for your guys' decisions. Yeah. <laughs> Well done, Drew. Always have to talk to Drew at some point in the episode. Yeah, it seems to be like a, a gimmick now. Like I know that he's like available on Retro Replay, and they kind of reference him an awful lot. But now we're doing it on this channel, and we kind of did it subliminally at first. <laughs> I think like we were just referencing like Drew, please listen. And now like we're kind of like we just he assume he listens, listens to us now. <laughs> we just assume now. <laughs> well, Greg, sorry, did you have something to add? No, I, I was agreeing with everything you're saying. I think if they are going to bring guests, I, for me personally, well, I'm at the point now where I wait until, like, I join the, the the live chats before the actual episode premieres, and then I watch it later in the day uh, with Sarah because I noticed the, the live chats now for those games, especially Last of Us, is getting insane. Mm-hmm. So, and, 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 um, I'm at the point now where if I'm going to watch them play through this and I want to focus on what whoever's on is saying, I rather mute the live chat or not or hide it. So like when I'm watching it later in the day, I'm focusing on the video. And so go ahead, Greg, sorry. No, it's fine. So I, so I definitely, if, if, if someone is going to be on it, I, I, I as well would like to see somebody who either voiced in the game or worked on the game specifically. It makes more sense that way. I mean, I would agree with you in that sense, but say like Allison last week was an excellent guest, but had no connection with yeah. the series. But I think too, like 
some of the guests are hit and miss and Allison was very good, especially because she talked about how she has, she is related to actually Sir Francis Drake. Yeah. Um, oh my God. That blew my mind. Yeah. Oh. So, so in a way that, that technically is fair. That's a valid point for her being there. Cause she's related to Francis Drake. So, I mean, yeah. it's just, I don't know. It, it just really depends. Not everyone that they bring on is going to, there's, there's no guarantee. They're going to, some people like Alan Tudyk, you can tell that that's a guarantee almost for certain specific people, but it's, it, you never know until you watch it. But yeah, I think when it comes to complaining, I think people should just give it a, a chance. And if they don't like it, you know, oh well, but you know, you should at least give it a chance before you complain in the live chat or spam and be like, Hey, I don't like this because it really doesn't matter. Cause it's not about that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like the troll that we get every week that I always insist on, Downvoting down. every video every yeah. week, yeah. regardless. I, yeah. yeah, he must set a fucking alarm. Like he know it must. He must be subscribed, or maybe even a fan of country. God forbid. But he does it before the show actually notified. starts. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. that guy that was in the what was, what was his name in that thing in the show with Troy Jeff Speakman. Jeff yeah. Speakman. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Speakman coming in He's and like, downvoting. Oh, this guy's in this. Screw this that guy. Downvoting. Yeah. I, I actually, yeah, I actually have a have a. I'm not gonna get into it, but like, oh, I, I got a better a, idea. Maybe it's the dude that Troy stabbed. Oh my god! Probably, yeah. <laughs> Anything that Troy has any engagement with Troy in a negative light, it's probably one of it's probably came from Troy's end. Yeah. I love how we um, never like shifted over to like n- like Nolan's negative light. Like it's only Troy. Troy's the bad no, Tro- boy. Tro- Tro- Troy's the talky one. So he's Nolan gonna, can do no yeah. wrong. Yeah. Nolan can Tro- do no wrong. God. Yeah. Uh, fact. Nolan's Sorry, Greg. The dad that we all wanna- love. I was. I was. Just, I think whoever is downloading for some reason something does tell me, and I don't want to get too far into it because I know we got to move on. But I do think that it's somebody who was part of the who was a subscriber or a founding 500 member. I don't know exactly who, but to me, there's no other reason for someone to come in and downvote unless it's someone who and previously had an issue or something. That's, that's my opinion. I mean, I, I agree, but I feel like there would be no one. I feel like no one is that spiteful. No one is that spiteful to literally every week, three times a week before they fucking premiere the show, come down and downvote it. Like for no reason. I think it's just trolls. I think people have come down. on it <gasps> sound effects sorry um it's okay um so i feel like people have come across it on youtube <clears throat> when it premieres live and then they just go oh i didn't really want to see this and then they downvote it for whatever fucking reason every video on youtube is guaranteed to have at least one downvote regardless even if it's the greatest video in the world and it's the most lovely wholesome video it always will have every video on youtube Maybe it's just YouTube Some then. has a down vote at least and, or a couple. And you know what? Um, sometimes in The Last of Us, uh, like say, for example, in The Last of Us episodes, um, they get 5,000 viewers premiering. Like 5,000 mm-hmm. viewers are watching that premiere and they get two down votes. Like, wah, wah. Like, yeah. so sorry for you, but like there's 5,000 people watching the show and there's probably going to be over 100 likes over whatever likes i think people are less likely to like now for whatever reason they just watch the show and then they continually watch the show because that number doesn't drop a whole bunch it could drop by yeah. 100, 100 people but like four and a half or four and a half thousand people are watching your show and you're only getting like one or two down votes like it's really not that uh that bad but i think it could yeah. also be related to guests 
It could also be related to like any number of factors. Random could be form. anything. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of the definitive, definitive playthrough of The Last of Us, uh, this week we saw Anne Worshing come on, who played Tess, and she's also known for her roles in 24, Timeless, and Runaways, to name but a few. Uh, this week we saw Joel, Ellie, and Tess make their way through the Boston Territory towards the Capitol building. Stressful episode. Greg, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. go. Uh it, it it was a little painful to watch, and it was very stressful. Um, it, I, I, you know, it's so weird because I figured because Nolan's playing and the guest is going to sit next to Troy that that would happen in The Last of Us, but it seems that Troy is still doing more of the talking. Nolan is completely a hundred percent engaged; like he is so fascinated with this game, and 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 I and I and I don't want to be too negative about this um i think that the guest should sit next to nolan because and i know troy wants to be you know the life of the party he wants to engage while he's playing because it's his game of course but you can kind of tell that that's distracting him a little bit Hmm. especially when he's trying to backtrack that's a good point greg uh yeah yeah i hadn't thought about that before yeah it's not it's not terrible but there have been parts in that where him talking to the guest you could tell he got completely sidetracked of where he was going. Yeah. But overall, it's still, I mean, and that's one of those games too, where I think you do have to kind of be not so talkative because the Mm. intensity of the game, because every time you play it, it's going to, depending on how you go, there could be a different outcome. Mm -hmm. And this is like what we had talked about on the show before too. We had uh, mentioned that I look forward to watching the game where Troy is playing and Nolan is the one engaging with the guest. Mm-hmm. I hadn't even thought about it to this point that Nolan wasn't really the one engaging with the guest. It was still Troy. Mm-hmm. I will say, though, I mean, look, I, I actually did think the same as you, Greg. I thought that when Troy was going to play, he would be sitting in Nolan's seat where he is across mm-hmm. the screen. And right. Nolan would be with the guest and they would be interacting. However, I do get why they are still opposite like that and why Troy is still engaging with the guests. Troy is really insightful when it comes to this game, obviously, because it, it is his game. He's performed it. He's been there. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, Anne Wershing was there this week, and she was there too. Um, so they can interact, whereas I really do think Nolan is fucking invested in this game. Oh, he absolutely and, is. And I'm thankful that they have uh, subtitles, because without the subtitles, I don't know if he would actually be able to pay attention. And the mm. only issue with this whole thing is that retro replay are not a let's play. They've always, always said that. And yet this right. is out to be almost a let's play, which is mm-hmm. absolutely fine. I'm so here for that content. But it like it's almost trying to be a let's play for Nolan because Nolan's kind of needed to be for Nolan. <laughs> yeah, Nolan exactly. needs that. <laughs> you, you need to be invested in this game. You need to have the sounds and, and everything. like Because all those in-game... Uh, conversations, those references and everything like that, they are so essential to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some of the most amazing stuff comes out in like in-game conversation. Right. I feel like it, it should be a Let's Play for Nolan, but it is mm-hmm. not a Let's Play for Retro Replay and that's why Nolan, uh, that's why Troy and the guests are sitting far this way so that they can still interact, but I think Nolan is still a little bit separate because he is listening to what they're saying but he is concentrating on the game. His focus level is different from Troy's. They're definitely opposite when it comes to not saying that in a different way, like it's bad or anything, but I like that Nolan 
how he takes in his games, especially with Uncharted when he's playing and where he's watching The Last of Us. That fascination is where we all were when we were playing that, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it is nice to have that. But like I was saying, for me, it's just, I don't know. I just, the way that game is, the intensity, you kind of have to focus because you do have to come with the, up with the game plan because if you don't have enough materials crafted or whatever or you, you alert a clicker, there's a good chance you may be looking at a, a redo because you die. Yeah. Which, Adam, yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, you are doing a lot of head nodding, Adam. <laughs> what is your? <laughs> I, I I just I actually just really love just watching Nolan's reaction through the whole yeah. thing. You know. Yeah. It's, it's for me. It's like that. You know when you 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 show someone uh, a movie and you're like you're you constantly eyeball to see are they do they have that reaction you're you're hoping for? Yeah. And uh, like mm-hmm. I, I seem to get that from from Nolan. So I just I just enjoy. I sometimes. They're talking, Troy and, and and the guests, and I'm just I'm not even actually listening to them. I'm just looking at Nolan's uh, reaction, focusing to, on to Nolan. The game. Yeah, um, so I'm really really enjoying his uh, <laughs> his enjoyment of the game. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, the, there's some bits in that which just got so bloody frustrating, <laughs> especially oh, the bit where cool. like they're going down into the, the the subway station, and he's like giving the Molotov cocktail. And yes. He doesn't use the Molotov cocktail. <laughs> it's like, what? Like what? Like, yeah. Sarah was saying about that, yeah, that yeah. would have been a great weapon to use for that section. Like, that goes ah, back to what you all are... were saying, too. Is like Troy is too distracted. He's not thinking about how we should be proceeding Possibly, through this area. Yeah. yeah, I don't think he realized that, you know, that thing that he was sneaking Give past it. to get to the uh, safe code was like eating the body there. I don't think he realized that was a runner, not no. a clicker. Yeah. And up above as well, that was standing next to a pillar, kind of moaning and crying. Crying was also a, a runner. runner, not mm-hmm. a clicker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that was kind of catching him out that he was thinking that everything in that room was a, was a clicker and that he could just sneak past them. But he man, he could he could he could annihilate like most of them with just the one cocktail. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they just they're they're attracted to sound, so they just run to the flame and die. Yeah, they yeah. throw a bottle, have them come conglomerate in the one spot, toss a Molotov on them. It's the best yeah. way to do that section. Yeah. It's legit how I how I did the section, and I think mm-hmm. like there was a lot of comment in the live chat. One, he finally began to use the listening technique, and we were all like, "Fucking praise!" Because <laughs> Jesus, you can't get through the game without listening. And you I gotta think get that's a new awesome. shirt for Troy. Uh, yeah, our one for listen. <laughs> yes, victory. Um, but I think that. Like, I think Adam, you're right because I think even him using the listening technique, I think he is thrown off, and I think Greg is right by saying that he's distracted because if you're listening, you can see that they are runners. Like you can see the way that they're highlighted that they are runners, and there's a difference between runners and clickers, and you can kind of see them. Um, and that's why he didn't see the runners, and that's why he thought that everything was blind. And the same with Nolan. Nolan was like, oh, so they're all blind. So. I feel like there's definitely like a miscommunication or just like a distraction happening. So you didn't understand. Uh, but a lot of people in the chat were like, you have just been given a Molotov. Like you have literally just been given this. Don't you think it's relevant? Like the, the game wouldn't just hand you a Molotov cocktail and be like, hey, good luck. Um, it's more just like, hey, this might be handy. Do you want to try this out? Shouldn't you give this a go? And then yeah. you make it, you throw it, you throw the bottle first, you distract them all into one place, pop with the Molotov. That pretty much ends all of them. You might get one or two, especially the last one, down at the very end by the ladder. 
And the constant back and, back and forth to the safe. Oh, God. Anyway, that was, my, that was a very stressful episode and a very stressful live chat. There was a lot of stressful people there. Then I imagine he was, like, wanting to hold on to it maybe for, you know, later on. Um, it is one of those games where you kind of want to hoard things. Agreed. Uh, like, one of my favorite mechanics in that, and we got to see it in, in that episode, was you, you craft your shiv, and you have to make that decision then. Do you want it to, uh, you know, kill a clicker, or, or do you want to use it to open a door? Sacrifice your shiv, but hopefully get something else back. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that mechanic in that entire game. It's that whole... You know, you could use this for later, but if you use it now, there could be some payoff. Um, uh, yeah, we got to see that in that episode. So that was cool. I thought that was something that Troy was trying really hard to conserve ammo. Mm. He did not yes, want to yeah, shoot yeah. anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that game makes you scared to use anything, though. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're on a higher difficulty. And I think they did switch it up from Nolan's playthrough to Troy's. I think they upped the difficulty at least by one level. Um and so I, th- I think I understand. And I think maybe it's just his like PTSD of playing the game <laughs> and realizing that there is later sections where you are going to have fuck all ammo and fuck all shivs and you're, you're definitely going to have to try and stealth your way through an entire scene of clickers. And that whole, that whole uh, thing can be, could be pretty much stealthed except for the runners. And that's where I think they got caught. Um, but really interesting episode. So wonderful to see Anne Wershing on there. I love Tess. Um, Greg, what did you think of Tess? Uh, Tess and her, the Anne's herself or, or the character? Tess Tess. Or um, well, I, I played Last of Us, I think two years ago was the last time I played. I played, I started, I never played it on PS3, so I got to play the remaster. Um, I thought she was, I liked her sass. She mm-hmm. gave, she gave Joel a lot of sass. She um, did. Fan of the sass. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, I think the character itself, I think it was a good anchor for, like, to kind of... Because, I mean, obviously, compared to the beginning of the game, her her character and what she did for Joel and uh, Ellie at, at certain parts, and then especially towards the end, which they ended at the part at the... Like you said, the at the Capitol at the, at the end of the video. Um, she was a very important character for that whole set. Like each part of what I like about last of us is that you're met with specific characters throughout the game that play important roles for that section that you have them in. And yeah. uh, I think, I think test was one of the m- more important characters out of all of them in the whole game, especially for the beginning to kind of set you the rest of the way of like what to expect minus the beginning of the game. Um, so that's how I feel about her. And I thought, I thought Anne was great. I thought she was very funny. She's a little sassy too. So, you know, I guess it worked out in that favor is that you're sassy, you get a sassy character. Yeah. So. Troy did mention that Tess as a character was the lynch, lich pin of the entire story. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I can definitely see that for sure. I think Tess's character is extremely interesting and the relationship that she has with Joel is extremely interesting. Um, Adam and I were discussing this a couple of days ago. I think we were just discussing The Last of Us or The Last of Us playthrough. Um, And I think it was on their first playthrough episode, actually, that we were discussing the role of Tess um, and how how pivotal she really is. And I understand uh, Troy calling her the linchpin because, obviously, the arms deal that has gone bad, that has led to Marlene, that has led to Ellie, like... It literally wouldn't have happened without her. Um, I don't think Joel would have gotten out of bed that day if it wasn't for Tess. Exactly. And mm-hmm. the thing is, 
it, it's extremely interesting then because we were discussing like, do you think Tess and Joel had um, an intimate relationship? Do you think that they were uh, together sexually and emotionally and blah, blah, blah? And I think, Adam, you made this point. You were just like, I think in that kind of social survival uh, environment that it's always just like a needs must. So even at the end there, and I think like um, Anne Wershing did such a great job of her last scene in the Capitol building where she's like, there's enough here that you must feel some obligation towards me. And it's that fucking line, man, that I'm like, damn. I was going like, to say the same thing. That one line. Is, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, that. that hits you. And that, that definitely does mean that there is something there to have held them together in this whole situation, this whole apocalyptic situation for so long. And we don't know how long they've been together, but you immediately know that it has been a fucking while. Um, And she did such a great job and I really enjoyed her as a guest as well. Uh, Dan? Oh, you want to see what I was going to (laughs) say? So I took the words right out of your mouth. Um, No, but I actually had a separate point that I was going to hit on too about the difference that we're seeing between Troy playing with Nolan watching. And I was going to say that it, it kind of harks back to like when we first started watching Uncharted play through and we were watching Nolan learn how to play. We all know that Troy's played the last of us, but it's been a while. So he's got a little bit of a, a learning curve. He's got to re remember how to play the game. Yeah. But on the flip side of that, we're getting this, the wonderment of Nolan absorbing everything as a first-time player, the first time mm-hmm. he's experiencing everything, it, it probably helps that he's not on the stick, as they would say. He's able to just kind of take it all in. And he's, yeah. like, enraptured in all that's happening. And he's like, what's this over there? What's that over there? What if you do this? Can you do this? Can you make that? Um, How many bullets do you have? Like, he's just asking all the right questions. He's looking at everything in a quizzical, wondering way. And then to the point where Troy started struggling and Nolan was spitting out great ideas. Like, maybe you should try doing this. He was given strategies where Nolan or Troy just kept running in and started punching everything. And Nolan was actually like, well, maybe you should try to sneak here or you should do this, which was really surprising. Yeah, I think when it comes to the... um what you were saying with Nolan giving suggestions in that instance, especially Nolan being a first time, not really player, but watcher of the, but as he did take part in the game himself, I think no answer could be wrong because, because anything that you do in that game, whatever section that you're in, whatever your first action is changes how the rest of that, that section plays. Um, And I think as you know, we're talking about it, I, Troy, I could tell Troy was more of like, oh, I, I was fisticuffs. And some sections you can do fisticuffs, but it really just depends. And especially we've talked about too, is just every, before you do anything, you really have to strategize what you're going to do in there because mm-hmm. not not two playthroughs are going to be the same, especially mm-hmm. with higher difficulty. Because higher difficulty, you're you're risking more. Um, you know, there's less ammo. You have to you have to be as resourceful as you can, or you're going to keep redoing that section over and over again mm-hmm. i have a thought too that i wanted to mention that there was the segment where troy was really struggling um, yeah where they were trying to escape it was earlier on uh, when they first found out about ellie 
having the virus. I don't remember. Was this the last episode or was it the week before? Was it Brian Deckard? Uh, last episode. Okay. Last week. So mm-hmm. I remember that scene and Troy was struggling really bad. He kept getting spotted. He kept trying to fight his way through. He kept dying. Yes. He had to keep restarting. And it was very frustrating for us to watch. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I don't remember this scene being that bad. And he kept getting mm-hmm. spotted and spotted. And there was a few times even where Troy was like, dude, what the heck? Like, there, I was, I didn't move. There was no way he could have seen me. Mm-hmm. Oddly enough, I've been playing The Last of Us recently. I got to that scene and I'm like, all right, let's see. Because I don't remember this being like that. Sure enough, I kept getting spotted. Guards mm-hmm. kept seeing me when they weren't looking at me. And I had I went through his, essentially the exact same thing that Troy did, and I was like, "This didn't happen to me when I played the game on PS3 at all." So, do you think that the remaster they've upped? I think there's the a glitch. Challenge. I think there's a glitch in the remastered oh. version. Maybe not consistently. That's interesting. But there was a few times in that scene where Tess says, "Oh, distract them." So, okay, throw a brick, throw a bottle. Yeah. And I watched the guards stop and go, what was that? And he turned and he looked at where the sound was. But then he started walking on his normal path, like, sideways. Like, his legs were walking one direction while his head was pointed the other direction. And then it was all of a sudden, like, who's that? And he turned around and attacked me. And I was just like, okay, what just happened? So or what, what difficulty are you playing it on? Normal. Oh, okay. Because I, I do think that that's what they're playing it on. I think they started I think with so Ethan too. and then they went normal. I had problems with that ep- that that chapter though. Like I did get seen, I did get spotted, I did find it difficult. However, I mean, but this wasn't I, difficult. I don't know if it was it. glitchy. Okay. Mm. It was guards were seeing me when they shouldn't have. Mm. Actually, I had to retry it several times, and there was a couple of times where I would throw the bottle, they get distracted, and the guards would look in that direction. And there's the one guard that's closest to me, and I would start making my way behind him. His back mm-hmm. turned to me the entire time. And I get into the other area with the other building, and all of a sudden I hear the guard go, Who's that? And he comes bolting right at me. Out of nowhere. Like wow. right, okay. what, what? I have you... I have I have something to add to actually no Adam, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. Do you think that's what was happening then to Troy? There was I think so. where he, he tries to go up behind them and grab them. And he just ends up walking into them. That happened to me too. Getting spotted, like yeah, uh, you know, we're like, why aren't you just tapping triangle? Why aren't you tapping triangle? But it's so obviously it was possibly glitching. I want to say, I want to give Troy some credit here. I want to say it was the game, not Troy, not all of it, but some of it. Because <laughs> I went through the same struggle. Yeah. Don't give him full credit. <laughs> like, I, I, uh, otherwise, I I'd be like, Troy, get good, get good, Troy. I don't know about that because. I when I played Last of Us from what I remember, I don't think I had a lot of difficulty in that scene. I think I might have gotten spotted because you you kind of have to you stay out the of their, their, their flashlight areas. But I feel like Last of Us, even if you're being stealthy, I feel and I said this to myself a lot when I was playing um, because I felt I, depending on the difficulty because I think I played easy or whatever. I don't remember. I, I'm kind of like pagan. I like to I like to. Not have too much of a challenge, but also try to appreciate the game while I'm playing it. Um, yeah, bro. yeah. 
I don't know. I feel like The Last of Us, there's parts of that section where it's meant for you to be seen, regardless if you stealth or not. And I, I felt like that, I think, maybe five or six times playing that. And I think that might have been one of the levels. I think they have it programmed. I don't – that you can't really – I, and I haven't seen any videos. I could be completely wrong, but I've never seen any instances or examples where someone has 100% perfectly stealth those sections. I don't know. I will tell you this, Craig. Yes. With all my frustration and all my struggle, I let myself die just like Troy did about a dozen, 20 times. I uh. did eventually stealth the entire section. Oh, that's okay. great. Without being there seen. There you go. Just like I had in the PS3 version. Mm-hmm. I got through the whole thing without them seeing me. So what? I definitely recall. Sorry, Adam. Go ahead. Yeah, I definitely recall that bit being handy enough on the PS3 to stealth through, mm. and playing it on. I, I've had no issues on the PS4 either. But I'm wondering then, uh, is a is there a possibility that there was some form of uh, glitch when doing the PS4 Pro patch? Mm. Oh, interesting. I mean, I I haven't played it since. Like yeah. I, I've only played it when it was first launched. I, See, like I'm not playing it... on a PS4 Pro. No, but it would still have that patch, though. Right, but I wonder if the mm. Pro patch is messing with my non-Pro. Yeah, that's play. what Adam is saying. It is yeah, possible. It's possible. Yeah. If if there is a, I don't know. They could have just upped the difficulty. <laughs> like, mm. well, then maybe that's that's where I was coming from. Where I felt like you were meant to be seen. Maybe that's mm. what. Dan There's was a fine line between be difficulty and a guy seeing me when he's not looking at me. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. that definitely sounds odd. But uh, Adam, did you have anything to add on on this week's episode with Anne Wishing and and the, their test section? This like, because I mean, test I think section. that this section is fairly handy enough. Like, obviously, um, you've obviously had problems there down in in, in the previous section from last week's episode, but this week's episode seemed to be fucking handy enough, and yet. Like every single time he's getting caught or whatever, I think. Like, do you still think it's just a distraction issue from other guests, or Adam is glitched out? All right, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, you were asking oh, Adam, him, back? or is he is he stuck? I think he's stuck. Poor All right, sorry. Well, I can oh, fill in for that. Um, there's definitely some more context given. That I wasn't aware of before, especially with um, Anne being on there to give us a little bit more to flesh out the whole thing going on with Tess and Joel. I hadn't put as much thought into it until now. So now Mm. there's definitely some more layers there with her feedback there. And like any other guest, the fact that she is one of the cast and we had her on with her, the, the bulk of her scenes in the game where she's truly relevant and important just... I think that added another level to the experience of the playthrough. Yeah. Agreed. Adam, you're back. I'm back. You cut out on me. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. You, all three of us were fine. We were here having a party without you. I'm sorry. You two oh, are fighting okay. for bandwidth. Right, right. You miss so much, Adam. So much. We completed the podcast. We're no longer recording. <laughs> yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, well, how did, how did it thing. go? Yeah. Not great. <laughs> go! Uh, so, um, <laughs> alright, look, I mean, Adam, do you have something to add before before we move on? Uh, on the last one? No, no, no. Okay, because you, you did glitch out, so I just wanted to give you the opportunity. Anybody else have anything to add just before Maybe we Maybe he on? had the same problems as the capture card that Drew was having. Oh, yeah. man, yeah, Maybe the capture card. It's just this section of The Last of Us, even if you speak about it. 
just cuts everything. Yeah, Something that's freezes. creepy. That's not. Um, so, uh, move along. Move along. <laughs> that's, what happens, <laughs> right. that's what happens when you spill soup on your equipment. Is there here telling us what to do? What did he say? It was Ronald the hamster? He said it was Ronald the hamster. Adam, you didn't, you didn't see that because it was in the live chat. Uh, oh, so. right. There was jokes of turning Drew into a hamster or something. That's right. Some nice lore. Uh, some nice lore, which makes sense because he's in a cage. Yeah. And he's fed primarily a liquid diet, which doesn't really make sense, but could. Um, all right. Moving on to uh, part three of this week's content of the retro episode uh, this week that they played Star Wars Jedi Power Battles. Now, I know you're all about to nerd out super hard uh, with this one, so you guys can have at it. Uh, anybody who hasn't seen... <laughs> um, anybody who hasn't seen what we're talking about, it was a Star Wars Episode One Je- Jedi Power Battles, and it's an action Star Wars video game set during the time of the um, Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace. Um, it was released for PlayStation, Dreamcast, and Game Boy Advance, respectively, two thousand in two thousand and two thousand one. Wow, mm. that was on it's Dreamcast. Old game, yeah. It was. No, I know it was the old game. I just know it was on Dreamcast. Yeah, in 2000, later that year, in 2000, it was on Dreamcast, and then it was on um, Game Boy in 2001. All right, you nerds have at it. What did you think of the episode? Adam, we'll start with you. Well, I've talked about this game on the podcast before, and I know Adam knows about the game because he reacted to me talking about the game on the podcast back then. So have at it, Adam. Yeah, I remember, I saw the thumbnail. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm all... uh, I'm, I can't wait for this episode. Um, I only ever played the demo level, which is actually the level they played in this, which is the Trade Federation ship sequence. Um, but I thought that I thought that demo was so fun. Like it was the first, like you know, apart from uh, maybe the Force Unleashed, maybe where you actually felt like a Jedi. You know, you, you could had do the block like, Jedi abilities. You could jump. You could do the blaster block. Blaster yeah, block. Like, the only other game I had was actually the Phantom Menace. Um, at that time, which was kind of, uh, it was almost like Tomb Raider in a way. It's very blocky, just, you know, very yes, tank control, and your, yeah, shit graphics, and uh, <laughs> you have to, uh, like, to, to enter this place, you have to go off and find the key, and it was it was very like Tomb Raider and how it worked, so it didn't really feel like Star Wars, although I did have fun with it. Um but yeah, I've always wanted to play Jedi Power Battles. And I thought at this moment I could see like maybe past that level because I never played past it. It turns out no. Well, I can tell you what happens after that level. About 10, le- 10 levels later, you run into Darth Maul and he's impossible and you just die. You run out of credits and you get game over and you start over from the beginning. <laughs> as it should have been. <laughs> as in, as how it should have happened in The Phantom Menace. They just it all died exactly to Darth Maul. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Darth Maul should have lived on till episode 9. But he did, technically. Yeah, are they still counting that, though? Are they still counting that? Because didn't they just kind of go... The Clone Wars is still canon. I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. It's on Disney Plus, and he's still in it, so... If (laughs) Disney hasn't cut him, (laughs) he's still canon. You have no idea what we're talking about, Pagan. Absolutely not. No, it's like Chinese. It's like Nolan talking about fucking sports last night in the members chat. I was like, is he speaking Chinese? Does somebody want to explain this to me? 
because uh, I have got no idea what the heck. Well, this is about. how you sports. I'm gonna tell this you all about it. Mm. Okay, <laughs> this is so how I, you sports. I know Star Wars. I've seen all the Star Wars movies up until <laughs> the seventh one because Adam made me watch them. Um, you can so you laugh know. all you want, as Adam. I should. You That's just how you said it. Those. I know of the Star Wars. I do know of the Star Wars. Um, the Star Wars. I know of the wars the war in the stars. stars. A Star War. Um, I Jinx yeah. Look I, look, I know about the the fucking the film franchise. I get it. I don't ultra get the attraction to it. Look, I, it's just not my franchise. Okay, Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, it's all good. Star Wars seems like mumbo jumbo. So I am not a massive Star Wars fan, and maybe that's an unpopular opinion, but that's just not me. So I have no idea what this game was about. I got unpopular that it was based opinion. off the Phantom Menace, which is the first three films can just I mean they don't exist in in my opinion those three first three films are shit um how dare you the third <laughs> one's actually not that bad awesome. I love them all Adam don't lie okay I don't like seven <laughs> I would I rather sit through the original the original three the four five and six and I would sit through the newest ones seven eight and nine but I would rather just scrap one two and three altogether I enjoy the the, pre- the prequels. Yeah, I have no same. problem with them. Are you all watching the same movie with Hayden Christensen? All right. Do you know what? Actually, I will give you this. I will give you the first episode is all right compared to, like, of the three. What is wrong is with the okay. Clone Wars? Everything. Do you know that gets so much hate? Why? I just don't, I don't see it. Why? I really don't see it. I don't understand. It's like, it's you know, we get a, a, an army with, with Jedi. Like, who who doesn't want to see that? That was everything that we've been waiting for since episode four when Obi-Wan Kenobi was talking to Luke Skywalker. Talking about the Clone he's Wars. Like, talking about the Clone Wars. Exactly. Thank you, Adam. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually have a little, like, tidbit knowledge or whatever. I Sorry, was in I got to correct myself. Sorry. I said okay. Clone Wars when I was talking about the movie. I meant Attack of the Clones. You meant Attack of the Clones. Before you nerds adding so, at me. I was like, Don't at me. All right. Um, uh, even I knew that, damn. damn. Well, you should you should um, call me out. Call me out, Peggy. <laughs> should have called you out. I'm so like, sorry. Listen. Next time. Next time. Um, I have like a little tangent, a teeny tiny tangent. I used to be in a. I, I worked in a play, a professional play with a, a guy called Michael O'Hagan. Michael O'Hagan. Hagan. My, yeah, Michael O'Hagan. Are you sorry, asking me or asking Adam. Anyway, I know. I sorry, Adam. I'm, I'm looking. Adam, do you know what she's talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, actually, Michael Hagen, yeah. Michael Hagen. Um great guy, great actor. He was in his seventies, I believe, when he was in the in the play with me, and this was a fair few years back. This is about two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Um great guy, great actor, but it turns out he was the original um stormtrooper, stormtrooper. leader. He's the original stormtrooper leader in the first three uh the first movie? Just episode just, four? Just four. Just four, um, yeah. So basically, so basically, like these are English actors, and it was filmed in England, if I'm not mistaken. And they were then dubbed over by American actors, and they never got credited. And there was a massive thing about it in in uh, England because they like they weren't credited. Um, so you can't find that, and the only way you can find it is on the original call sheets 
for Star Wars is Michael Higgins' fame, um, which is really cool. But he was sitting next to Alec Guinness, who plays Obi-Wan Kenobi, and he was, like, sitting next to him and, like, in a break between scenes and cuts or whatever. And Alec Guinness uh, is just having a chat with Michael, and Michael's like, so, um, do you have any idea what this film's about? (laughs) And Alec Guinness is just like, but I'm getting paid, so <laughs> like, and then they're just both like, "Yeah, no, haven't fucking clue what this feels about." But Sherlock, just read what's on the page and just pretend like a lot you, of you know what you're saying. Uh, and yeah. it turns out to be like the biggest franchise in like sci-fi pop history. culture history. Pop yeah, culture. Well, that's like one of my um, really favorite cool anecdotes about Star Wars ever was that none of the actors knew about the twist with Darth Vader until they saw it in theaters. Oh, really? I didn't know that. None of them knew. Like, even Mark Hamill. Like, Mark Hamill talks about this on, uh, like, talk shows where he's sitting in the theater and they get to that scene where Luke, or uh, Darth Vader says, Luke, I'm your father. And even when he shot the scene, the actor didn't say that. He said something else. So when it happens in the movie, no one knew. And Mark Hamill, don't quote me, he he says that Harrison Ford like taps him on the shoulder in the theater and goes, "Why didn't you tell me that?" He didn't know. Nobody knew. <laughs> yeah, I think I think what it was he said was Obi Wan killed your father. I think yeah, that was what or got like the reaction. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could you imagine being in the cinema at that moment? Oh, I can tell you something. I was in the cinema and I watched Attack of the Clones when I was a teenager, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah, you see, I yeah, I went to the cinema, I saw one, two, and three in the cinema, and like, right. you can't take that away from me. Like, it's I think amazing. I only I saw, I've only seen two and seven at the cinema. I haven't seen, well, I wasn't alive for four, five, and six, but mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. Um, as a Star Trek, I mean, Star Wars, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite Star Wars character is Spock, so, no. Um, uh, yeah, I, I'm with Pig. I'm not the biggest Star Wars fan. I mean, I can I can get into it and like because I do like some of the games. And as they mentioned, for some reason, there's a lot of I'm terrible get a sound Star Wars games. Greg saying I'm not the biggest fan. I'm not the biggest fan. That's that's my just get that a shirt. I'm I'm not the fill in the blank fan. That's gonna be my shirt. New merch coming soon. Stay tuned. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I I. I, I I didn't actually... I think the second one is my least favorite. I don't hate any of them. I know really? a lot of people hate you Jar like Jar Binks in the first one. More than one and three. Yeah, I think three... Like, like I, I don't know. I, I'm on kind of the... I, I think three was good because of the, the, the transition of Anakin becoming Darth Vader. Um, that, and so whiny. The dark... Uh. Yeah. He was very whiny, but I don't know. I will say that I, was I the think, best part of that movie. I don't think Hayden Christensen was the best fit for that, but I mean, he did what he could. Um, I don't think wait, it was his fault. Hold up. Did wait, hold up. Are you justifying him, Dan? Like, are you justifying Hayden Christensen in that film? The performance that he gave in that film? Yes. I have. No I th- yeah, I think he did a great job <gasps> playing a guy that you should not like. Yeah, I think he was poorly written. Ugh. I think. I, that's where I want to go with it. I don't think he was bad. He did what he could with how it right. was written. I feel that way too. Yeah, because yeah, there's a lot of bad lines. 
Mm. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Okay, yeah, I don't I like sand. It's <laughs> everywhere. In his defense, oh. sand sucks. <laughs> yeah. Nobody likes sand. Um, I think Hayden Christensen. Look, I don't. I don't know much about Hayden Christensen. I haven't really seen him in anything else. But Jesus, my God, those first three films are so bad, and I hated Anakin in every single one. This is a Including hell of a, a Star Wars tangent. This is a Star Wars tangent. Well, th- listen, for. this is what this calls for, alrighty? This is yes. the Replayer podcast, and we're gonna fucking talk about Retro Replay playing a game that y'all want to nerd out about. I don't, I don't care. I, I'll just sit here. I've never played Jedi Power Battles, and after I watching it, I'm probably never going to. No, me neither. <laughs> I mean, it's the very only... difficult to go back to play any PS. Hang on, I have it. I'll be right back. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I said it you, in like episode two or three when I talked about that game. The game wasn't great, but the one thing it did well, it did really well, and that's what made it fun to play. Which Troy and Nolan didn't do when they played. Yeah, you oh. could block. Force. You yeah. could do the the blocks of the blasters, oh. and it would ricochet him back at the droids and kill them. And that was the best feeling ever, where you could do that Jedi block, where you block the mm-hmm. blaster blast yeah. back at the droids. I'm gonna knock something off my desk again. I was. I love. I'm how getting real passionate. I love how animated to like having <laughs> yeah. like having footage. He's is, pretending like, he's the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Jedi. Yeah. I would say I too, am though, a Jedi. I, I think I, I I will say this, regardless of how you how you view the Star Wars games, because like there are some pretty bad ones out there, but I never get tired of the music. And all and any of them, um, it just even with the eight bit or whatever the old school ones that have the music in the bitty form, it's just Star Wars is just a great soundtrack, oh, and it makes you like want to keep going and playing it regardless of the. It's just because it's Star Wars. It's like, all right, the music's pumping me up. It's good pump up music. Some of the <laughs> you uh, best John Williams you can get. <laughs> it's just good pump music. Good pump up music. I do it when I bench press, you know, 240. <laughs> Gotta get my pump on to some Star Wars. Pumping iron to Star Wars. Yeah. Oh, I can definitely get us something that slaps. <laughs> you ever that use that? Slaps? Term? Adam, that slaps. That slaps? <laughs> Does Adam say that? No, a friend of ours say it, says it, and I don't think she really quite understood the origin we're not sure <laughs> but she was like that slaps a song slaps and we were like uh are you quite sure you know the reference i only started using it because i started hearing like other podcasters saying it when they were talking about uh video game music and i'm like all right i, I feel justified in saying the phrase that slaps when i'm talking about like old school <laughs> game music <laughs> i would never say that about an actual music that i listen to Oh man, that's funny. I do like. Uh, I think one of my favorites, though, I enjoy playing. Regardless, that we, I think we all can agree with, is that Lego Star Wars is pretty, pretty tight. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Different video games. I remember playing the first one, and that that started all these Lego games. Now there's like two or three a year, but Lego Star Wars, the original one mm. in 2005. Mm-hmm. God, that game was just awesome. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Here, I got it. I can get us some uh, Star Wars that slaps. You ready? Go for it. Sweet. Slap Wars. I'm bench pressing right now. Get that pump. Yeah. Adam, why aren't you pumping? Yeah. <laughs> I think I just saw a lawsuit come in the door from Disney. <laughs> <laughs>
Mr. Iger, like, can I help oh. you? <laughs> well done, Adam. Yeah. You bring the A game to the Rebear podcast. Oh, Bob, so calm down. We're not going to take your billions of dollars. Calm down, Bob. Yeah. You I calm think, down. Yeah, yeah. I think Mr. So. Iger, <laughs> please stay outside. Um, this is fun, Bob. Uh, how did you find? I mean, entertaining episode. I won't. Yeah. Say, I like. I'll say that entertaining episode. They had a lot of uh, little tangents, and it it was really nice. Lots to see of them. impressions. Lots of impressions. Oh my goodness, the peacocking! Let me see those like. tail feathers. Shake, shake them, <laughs> shake them, Troy. Shake them, Nolan. Um, that was class. That was absolutely brilliant. I would pay for that content. That was hilarious. That was definitely or, one of the most entertaining you can episodes say that of the season. That it slaps. It slaps. <laughs> that content slaps. Uh, slaps so hard. I feel like Nolan's not going to know what that is, and he's going to be like, "What slaps?" And then be like, "Oh shit." Um, okay, boomer. Yeah, well, I th- like I think Troy will definitely know, but <laughs> I don't boomer. think Nolan will know that phrase yeah. for some reason. <laughs> That's awful know. to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, excellent piece of. Uh, footage. Them trying to do all the all the Star Wars bad casting, the impression mm-hmm. that could have been the whole video. Honestly, I think that that was oh, that, that would whole have been time. Okay with that. I wanted somebody to do Arnold, and nobody yeah. was doing Arnold. I was surprised that there was no Arnold. And then even in the members live chat, or Jean Jean Claude Van, Van Damme. Oh yeah, there's not they never enough did that either. time. There's never enough force. Enough time. Yeah. Where was that? <laughs> I, I, it, it, we talk about bad casting, but I could totally see Arnold as Jabba. As Jabba. Absolutely. Yeah. I, oh, I was doing it in the thing. live chat. Like, I was picturing, like, Arnold as Han Solo. Truly, get to the Falcon. Do now. Get to the Falcon. <laughs> you have to save Leia. Or Alan Rickman. Shoot. Yeah, that was a, a popular one. That was a good one. They could have definitely know. done Alien Rickman. Adam, what did you think of the episode? I loved it. I really loved it. I would have loved to have seen more of the game, but um, the impressions... I mean, that's basically just their show reel, really, isn't it? They can just... They just send that now to... You know, because yeah. I, I, I heard they're wanting to make it big. You know, they're, they're trying to make... They're trying to, they're trying to get the their industry. toe in. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's a good call, should, casting call. Yeah, I think yeah. they should just send that. I think... Yeah. Send in that footage. Yeah, for sure. They yeah. just want to get seen a... by all the uh, casting agents. That's it. I think I think you're right, Adam. I I heard tell that they would like to make it a little bit bigger in the Because they're tired of the all world. these other big mainstream actors in all the other yeah. video games out there. They That's want a chance. Where, when's their turn? Yeah. Man, I will <laughs> never forget Troy's opening speech to I think it was the game awards at some point. I'm pretty sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where it wasn't it, and he was just like, people often ask me how to be a voice actor, and here's my advice: number one, get yourself some really good audio equipment, like get yourself a good microphone, and number two, wait for me and Nolan to die. And I thought that was the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard because it's so true. He's <laughs> not wrong. Everything he is not wrong. <laughs> he is not wrong. I'm sitting over here waiting for Laura Bailey to clamp count down. I'm like, come on now, girl. Laura Bailey is at the, at the, I think, because I'm starting to hear her in so much now that she's, she's, she's taking off too. Like she's, she's, she's become she's how I felt off. like with Troy and Nolan, like hearing them everywhere. Cause now I'm hearing Laura everywhere. So she's I, the next, my curiosity mm-hmm. is going towards Laura being in stuff. Yes. 
Yep. Yeah. I would like I'd like to see more Laura anyway. Like I don't I don't care. I think she's great. She slaps. Um, she's <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> not, that's not that's a, not appropriate, Greg. Oh, oh sorry. God. Sorry, Greg. I'll go to church tomorrow and make up for it. Greg's not not fully oh. accustomed to that. Term. As a millennial, I'm a very bad millennial because I don't know what stuff means. I don't know. It's okay, Greg. We're here for you, buddy. There you go. That's my that's my default tone with Dan just played. Gen, Gen Z lingo. Yeah, thank you. That's me. Every day. Microsoft error. Gen Z Microsoft error. Was that an actual error that came up on your thing? Was it a sound bite? It's a soundbite. Oh, it's a soundbite. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I thought that was a real error. I was looking that's for an a error computer, message from the old version of Windows that I do not have anymore. Yeah. Like I said, like, I mean, I run a Mac and I'm still looking for the error notification. I'm like, what the fuck Dude. happened to my computer? <laughs> Scaring the crap out of me. Um, But have you, how did you guys find, I mean, do you think, was that the first video game for Star Wars? And how does it compare? Or it's not the first the way... game for Star Wars they played. No, I just, I just meant like how, like how does it compare to the other games of Star Wars? Because I hear, oh. and even Nolan said it in the, in the episode. I think that he said other than the Star Wars Lego games, they weren't, um, they weren't very good. Most like, Star Wars games are bad. Are yeah, bad? I have to yeah. agree. There's just each generation of console, or even just d- depending, like f- a five year gap. There's always a select few that are actually really, really good. Like Troy mentioned, I think Force Unleashed is definitely one of them. Um, the Lego Star Wars games. Uh, I actually, I actually dabble in some, dabble in some of the, dabble, uh, dabble some of the Rogue, Rogue Squadron games and the Jedi Starfighter games. Rogue Squadron um, was the shit. Yeah, those are pretty good. Shadows I, of the Empire is pretty good too. I thought you were making a joke about Rogue. What What did you call it? Rogue, Rogue Squadron? Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. I didn't hear Rogue. You cut out a little bit, so I thought you said Woke Squadron, and I was like, yeah. all right, Greg. No, we'll, we'll save that for the new movie, Woke Squadron. You're so woke. <laughs> Just kidding. Um, how do you think, I mean, do you think this paves the way for, I mean, this is going to be a really interesting topic that I'm going to throw at you guys now. Um, okay, so the Star Wars episodes, or the Star Wars, look, Star Wars is rubbish anyway, but <laughs> Star Wars games were shit. Basically, the majority of them were, except for the Lego games. Um, and then the Lego games continued, as Greg said, that they started putting Lego games out like three times a year. Um, I mean, I think, Dan, you might have better opinion about this now because, obviously, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order has come out. And that has been clearly inspired by stuff that Naughty Dog has done and other games that has laid down before. Um, well, have I not you- ranted about Fallen Order enough yet? <laughs> Well, I mean, since we're on this topic of Star Wars, like, would you like to see them play that now and and kind of compare it to what they did for that? Or is there just a certain nostalgia about the game of, like, power battles that... There's like, definitely nah, a good nostalgia to power battles, especially because it's it's a bad Star Wars game, but it's kind of a fun bad Star Wars game. I think they still had some level of enjoyment playing that and yeah. knowing Nolan especially... Fallen Order would just frustrate the hell out of them. It's mm-hmm. it's not an easy game. It's a great game, but it's not easy. You can't yeah. put it on story mode, which is the easiest difficulty. But right. also, you have to have a proper mindset, especially like, it is like Uncharted. And in that light, no one might be able to understand it. But it's also a lot like Dark Souls. Mm-hmm. And it has very different systems than Uncharted. 
mm-hmm. it's not oh i got hit a few times i'm losing color i gotta go hide behind a rock for a little bit and wait for my color to come back it's you die <laughs> and you have to restart oh. sections over and over and over oh okay greg have you played it uh not yet i'm gonna eventually get to it um but i think to to add on to what dan was saying that yeah i think when it comes to the old star wars games there's more of a nostalgia factor into it because a lot of us grew up and loved star wars um because star wars is like we've talked about one of the biggest franchises in pop culture history um and there's a lot of bad ones but there's some charm to it and Mm -hmm. i think for me i think it's more of the arcade star wars games like the one I can't think I can't remember which one it was, but it was one that was in the, in the arcade in like the early two thousands, and you would go around shooting stormtroopers, and then if you got a good score, you would get a bonus fight with like Boba Fett or Darth Vader, um, and you're sitting in this like mm-hmm. chair, and you had like a joystick almost. Um, same thing with the racer one, the pod racing games. Like there's, there's just it just depends on what you grew up with Star Wars wise, but I think it's more of a nostalgia factor. I would say on a similar okay. note, the fact that we we're talking about the uh, the prequels, the majority of bad Star Wars games are the games based on the prequels. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's. I true. think there's a few gems. There there's are, few. Gems. yeah. Few. Like I said, um, p- depending. There's handful, yeah, that pod yeah. that the pod racing pod racing one on N64 was actually pretty. Pod good. racing was good. Yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought Republic Commando was pretty good. Yes, and the I original agree. Battlefront. The original Battlefronts. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I quite enjoyed, even though it was broken as hell. <laughs> I enjoyed <laughs> uh, Bounty Hunter. I heard that was good. I never played that one. Yeah, it's it, like I mean, it was de- it was definitely broken. Um, yeah, it's kind of clunky. Yeah, yeah but it, it it was fun playing as uh, Jango Fett and you know carrying out these different bounties and upgrading your gear and using new equipment and just exploring that world as a non Jedi. That sounds cool. Was, was really fun to play. It's a nice take. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a pity. Like uh, I think the only we were going to get was something similar, uh, which would have been the game that Amy Hennig was working on. Ah, oh, that's 13, right. Thirteen, thirteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a real pity that that never came to light because it was actually everyone that worked on that was uh, really really proud of it. They 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 thought it was going to be a really great game. Yeah, the game looked was, amazing. Uh, cut. Yeah. Um. Because obviously Troy and Nolan referenced, referenced that uh, that game getting cancelled in the episode. I am actually unfamiliar with this story. Why did it get cancelled? I think Licensing? it's because of Disney, right? Uh, kind of, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Half Disney, half EA. Um, I was going to say, I think it's more EA dropping the ball yeah. on the Star Wars license. Oh. They got, um, it was the studios they ended up cutting. It was the... Visceral? Visceral, yeah. The guys I think it was Visceral that was working on it. Dante's Inferno. Yep. Yeah. Um they they completely just got rid of that studio, which they were a lot of them were working on thirteen thirteen. So mm. they oh, got the cut. Mm. Do you think that could ever be brought up again or do you think it's just a dead in the water no, thing? That's now? gone. Yeah, that's we gone. never revive it. Yeah. I mean Hennig is off working with a new company, isn't she? And she's yeah, she's starting a new, a new thing. Yeah, she just oh. joined something, yeah. I I think too, like I think at one point when Disney acquired the Star Wars license, um, they that's when they started. They wanted to, because they knew Star Wars was going to be one of their cash cows aside from Marvel. Um, and I do have to say some of the decisions haven't been too great, but I think now the um, 
Anything that was before Disney taking the rights is no longer considered any form of canon to Star Wars. Like anything that is a Disney property is the actual canon of Star Wars. So any books you read, any previous games, anything that happened, those don't go to what's happening right now in the current franchise. So like Fallen Order obviously is part canon and stuff like that or a form of canon. So that's another thing. So Mm -hmm. I think, I think, I don't know. I don't think 1313 fell because of that but like yeah something happened it was just weird because it it it, the cancellation just kind of happened out of the blue like you wake up it's like oh star wars 1313 is canceled and it just it was it was really weird yeah yeah was canceling things pieces of the game and it looked really good and yeah there was a early teaser gameplay trailer they put out for that and it looked phenomenal Mm -hmm. especially for like a non-jedi based game you didn't play a jedi in that yeah, yeah. That's, that's upsetting that that got cancelled. It's unfortunate, really. It's just but... weird when you hear stories like that. Like, mm. um, Scalebound is another one. Oh, yeah, I was going to mention Scalebound. It just abruptly got cancelled, right? Yeah, like, what the hell happened there? It's what like, was Scalebound? Yeah. Um, Xbox One exclusive. Uh, it was The premise, I suppose, is like you get to control dragons, or at least yeah, oh. something like that. with them. Yeah, um, like a dragon rider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, fucking uh, dragons. A Japanese developer, wasn't it? It was the guys who did Bayonetta. Yeah, so I was um. trying to, he was trying to bring that um, those type of games, that culture of game, over onto the Xbox, which was uh, lacking those type of games. Mm-hmm. And uh, it looked complete. It looked. It done, looked phenomenal. All of a sudden, yeah, done. It was basically if you've seen anything for Devil May Cry Five, it was like Devil May Cry Five before Devil May Cry Five, but with dragons. And it had, um, that's what it, it had a little bit yeah, of a, that's true. a lost planet feel to it with the dragon fighting alongside you and there mm-hmm. was yeah. cooperative multiplayer too where you and other people with their dragons would be fighting alongside you to fight giant bosses. You know how much money that would have made? That's crazy. Yeah, it would have mm. been amazing. <laughs> I actually just heard recently, that's why Phil Spencer of Xbox stopped announcing games for Xbox longer than like a year out. It's because they had scaled on years before it was supposed to come out. Yeah, that's you have to because you never know. Because anyone like 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 especially with those two games specifically, and there's been a couple others for them to just abruptly get canceled Mm. like out of nowhere. Yeah, that's a smart tactic because you don't want to like hype people up and get people ready to go for it, and then you have nothing to show for it because oh look, it got canceled. Mm -hmm. It might become their their last guardian. It might come out on Scarlet. Oof. Oh, I would be a happy boy. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, it all sounded like Chinese to me, but I'm sure other people understood. Platinum Games. Um, <laughs> Sorry, that's that's the developers. Platinum it's Games. Japanese. I know. Um, <laughs> um, I like. I'm I'm gonna wrap it up there for this week's episode. Um, but just before we go, and just before we move on to kind of like a closing section, Adam, is there any game that you would like to see the guys play on the show? Or have this is where I get to embarrass myself. Go ahead. Because I could mention something that they have played, and I, I, I may have missed it. Um, no, it's fine. I mean, because if if they have played it, like at least one of us will. Do you know, have a backup? So. Yeah. Uh, it it would be Tomb Raider. They the have first. not played that yet. I would but like we... to see PS One Tomb Raider. Janine had same also said the same, and I would agree. I think that would be awesome. The original yeah. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It makes you feel any. 
better adam there was an episode where we were talking about this and i was saying i'd like to see them play star fox talking about the original super nintendo version and then halfway through it i was like oh my god they played the star or the 64 version of star fox i'm an idiot (laughs) yeah (laughs) i suppose you can Um, like i mean it's it's mad how much they cover and you can kind of forget like what yeah they did touch on and in some cases they they don't really touch on enough of the game maybe they could i don't know revisit and do another level etc um but yeah, I would love to see Tomb Raider, um, because that's one of those games that was really limited. Um, like the, the draw distance, for example, was really really limited. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so interesting to see how far we've come, um, and like different how different developers have tackled that. Like they they played the Silent Hill, and seeing how they tackle draw distance in Silent Hill, I just thought was genius. Um, yeah. So it's just one of those games that I just think like you have to play really just to appreciate where we've come yeah that's a good point that's a really good point and like janine had brought that up um on last week's episode as well that she would also like to say uh um play tomb raider i don't know if that was last week or before she when she was on the original time with Skull. she said it both times she said oh both times um yeah because i think that would be sick so drew get on that um make it happen (laughs) make it happen baby make it happen um cool well thank you so much uh adam and greg for joining us it's so great to have you on well thank you thanks for having me lads you're welcome it's about time <laughs> <You're Yeah. welcome. laughs> and to put the case to rest adam is real adam is definitely real and uh adam i mean if you're not doing anything after the show you wanna you wanna slap S- <laughs> Oof, good call back. i was gonna say sit in the same room and be on our phones but okay yeah sure i, I mean, actually Looked Look, up what slaps means. I'm sorry, Laura. I, I you... apologize. Oh, yeah, shit. I just did. Yeah, I fucking knew it. I knew he wasn't using the terminology there. All right. Mm. Ugh. Yeah. Um. If there's anywhere that if anybody is looking to find you on socials, so where can they find you at? Adam, would you like to give social information? Sure. Um. Twitter and Instagram is at harbinger nine two six. Ah, that's nice. And Gregathe. Um, you can find me at the Greg 007. The T and the G are capitalized. Everything else is lowercase. And two zeros and a seven. The Greg. Mm-hmm. I can't and... say the anymore. I have to say the. <laughs> it's more proper. Uh, uh, I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan? Yes, socials? I am Stark Evil Vash on every platform. YouTube, MySpace. MySpace is a thing, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> Bebo, oh, Mixer, Grindr. whatever. Grinder. <laughs> yep. I use the same name on Grinder. Um, and then, of course, Messenger. you can find Where? me on Twitter at. Are, am I doing it? Is there a pause? I want you to do one? it. Oh, man. I'm so sorry. I've, I'm looking at my show notes. S T A R K Y! Because he's gotta. Um, but it's Starky Vash, S-T-A-R-K-Y-V-A-S-H on Twitter. And you can find me at Pagan underscore plays on Instagram, Twitch, and on Twitter. That is my username. But um, if you're having trouble with that, just type in at Starks and I'm on there Just somewhere. search for porn. <laughs> just search for, yeah, porn. Pornhub. Pornhub. Why aren't you sponsoring us? For fuck's sake. How many references we... of slapping do we have to yeah. get in? 
for you God. to fucking sponsor us, Pornhub. Jesus. Well, Adam was just saying you got to get together and get slapping. So. Right. Sorry. We'll record that content for Pornhub later just on. Just put step at the front of it and done. There you go. Oh, stop. You're so weird. Um, Number one video on Pornhub. Boom. Instant. Oh God. You're, you're welcome. Thank you, Greg. Step husband. <laughs> step <laughs> husband. Yeah. Um. Uh. Yeah. Well. Look, thank you so much for joining us, and thank you so much to Drew, Nolan, Troy, and PJ for all that you do. Because without you, this Reflair podcast wouldn't exist. Also, special shout out to Paul, their sound man, because fucking why not? That guy's doing a great job. Uh, we are now broadcasting on Anchor F. Sorry, Anchor FM. You can leave us a voice message on the Reflair podcast anchor by clicking the link in the show notes and maybe we'll play it on the show so if you've got an opinion about today's show or if you've got an unpopular opinion feel free to leave that there uh we hope you've enjoyed our podcast and if you'd like to hear more from us please go ahead and like share subscribe rate review provide some comments wherever those comment boxes are below on whatever platform you're listening on and if you have any suggestions for content or questions then please feel free to pop us an email um, at the replayer podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on the socials okay please leave thank us a you, message everybody. Please leave us a message telling us how Jar Jar Binks is your favorite character. Yep. You still follow me now, okay? Okay, so... (laughs) I'm out. That's game over, folks. Thanks. Bye! Bye! You haven't even paid me from last time. I haven't watched Halo either. I'm going to summarize Halo Season 2 based on the Watching Now Halo podcast from Couch Soup. This is going to be fun. So Chief could be crazy. (laughs) Cortana's had a facelift. We're a bit mixed. Quan and Soren's story is really boring. Is is it over yet? Reach is f***ed. Reach for the stars. You all are gonna die. Spartans have a new leader called Ackerson. More like Dickerson. Apparently McKee is alive? She didn't die on screen, so she's probably not dead. Key's definitely not dying. Right, right, right. And the flood is coming. There's the water on this planet. What do I know? You should be listening to the Watching Now Halo podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available. Where's my money, Drew?